0: So, good evening and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. My name is Lisa, my pronouns are she, they, and tonight we have a guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello,
1: my name is Celeste, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm very excited to be joining. (laughs) So, uh, we know each other from
0: tour guiding stuff. If you're uh, wondering what kind of tour guiding, it's basically like this, except in person and in costume. Uh, I feel like... I've told patrons a little bit about it, so head over to Patreon if you want to hear more. But yeah, so today is first entry in a series that will probably be called Hide Your Kids From Your Wife, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because today we are talking about La Llorona,
1: Mm -hmm. because you have family who kind of knows about it, right? Well, my family... Uh, originates from Mexico, Okay. and La Llorona is not, I'm not going to say originally from Mexico, because I'm sure you have a lot of different, there's a lot of different (laughs) versions throughout South uh, America. It's uh, (laughs) as far north as
0: American Southwest, and as far south as sort of Guatemala-ish, where the Mayans used to be. But Um, every country
1: thinks that they are the origin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I saw is basically... uh, whatever country got fucked over by the Conquistadors, uh, there's a La Llorona story
1: there. Um, Yeah, because that is the basis of...
0: Yeah, so much. So, so much. Uh, But she's also an entry into sort of the woman in white dictionary Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Go to the overview of that for like a few episodes ago now if you want to hear more yeah. about that um it's a fun episode yeah it's great <laughs> but uh also trigger warning all of the base backstories involve child death so if that is not something that you're in the headspace for uh tune out of this episode we'll see y'all in the next one and as always the show is brought to you by patreon uh if you'd like exclusive bonus content or shout outs or a postcard club uh go to patreon.com slash dreary midnight um and if you do not want to contribute money, rate and review wherever you get uh, your podcast. Shout out to Nana Susanna and left my very first review Aww. on Apple Podcast. So shout out to Nana Susanna, whoever you are. I appreciate you. But with that, let's get into it. hearing any stories about La Llorona, having family from Mexico? So,
1: I grew up, (laughs) this is probably a whole different episode, because I grew up hearing a lot of spooky stories um, around Mexico. None of them were particularly about La Llorona, but it's definitely something that everybody knows about as a kid. Mostly as like a... um, don't go near the river at night, or don't go out at night, yeah. uh, because La Llorona will get you. It's kind of like a boogeyman story. Yeah, yeah. It's especially geared towards children. That,
0: Drex, um, <laughs> so there are two sort of uh, two. There's a core based story, and then there's two diversions. There's one that you said where it's like, stay away from the river. Uh, and then there's the other where she's wandering around, um, looking for young drunk men.
1: Um, I have <laughs> so, heard that too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as mentioned, she shows up a lot in, in the lore that in the areas affected by the conquistadors, um, as far North as the American Southwest, Central America, as far South, um, there's different iteration because Regionalisms and uh the core story is that a local woman in wherever you are falls in love with this man who's rich and hot and new in town <laughs> <laughs> and then one thing leads to another several things leads to several others they have two kids together uh the local woman winds up killing her children and as a result she's left wandering in the streets weeping uncontrollably uh, her spirit has not stopped doing it for centuries wearing white she's weeping because La Llorona apparently means the weeper, mm-hmm. yeah. The main diversion for the death, is for child death, is um, there are two main ones. One is that the out-of-town boyfriend is either a conquistador or a ranchero, and he doesn't want kids. Don't know why he stayed with someone when he had two kids with that person, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> maybe so, she was just hot. Maybe. <laughs>
1: um,
0: the local woman prioritizes the boyfriend over their mutual progeny, and so she kills the children with a sacrificial knife so she can be with the boyfriend. But then, shortly after, after she sort of comes to and apparently it was some sort of psychosis type of deal and uh that she kills herself too. And so that's the iteration where she's seeking out young drunk men. Mm. And then the other iteration is that the boyfriend leaves town for a long time. He says, "I'll come back and I'll marry you when I get back." And she's like, "Great." So if he's a conquistador, he's going back to Spain. If he's a red chero, he's doing ranchero things i'm not a ranchero <laughs> i don't know what that involves um either way he's gone for like months and months and months and he comes back with another woman which is his new wife again she goes into a blind rage and she drowns her kids in the river which is i think the iteration that y'all heard
1: yes uh, that was the iteration that i grew up hearing yes.
0: yeah uh, so and then she again comes to and realizes what she's done she tries to drown herself as well Uh, She dies, but her soul is stuck in purgatory and crying out for her children and never being able to find them. And so in this iteration, it's you see her by rivers. She wants to pull the children into the water, into their death. And then I looked a little bit further into it, and there's apparently a connection to Aztec mythology or Mexica mythology. I think that's the proper term. Yeah.
1: I'm not... Disclaimer, I'm not part of the Aztec tribe, (laughs) but... They did have a big (laughs) impact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were sort of the uh,
0: indigenous folks that were sort of, um, especially around Mexico in the like 16th century. I think they were had the, they were the most fucked over by the conquistadors. (laughs) (laughs) So there is some story about it connection with uh, Mexico City in the 1550s. In the 1521 is when the Mexica officially surrendered to the conquistadors. And then in the 1550s, uh, Mexico City in particular was a Spanish city. And in the 30 years in between the surrender and this situation, (laughs) uh, there, uh, there were more Spanish colonists and cities were built out, but they were more designated as a Spanish city or an indigenous city, or more likely a Spanish city and a... Not Spanish, but we'll try to convert you anyway, even though the Spaniards say your your existing cities were already way better. Type of city. Spanish
1: (laughs) Spanish just loved converting people.
0: The Europeans, man. All about the converting people. Um, (laughs) As evidenced in the witchcraft episode, they were all like, oh my god, this local religion is Satanism. And it's like, no, this local religion is the local religion. Anyway, in the historic version, uh, this the local woman is uh, Doña Luisa de Olveros. Did <laughs> I say that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Doña is like a, a title. Yeah, so, so um, the sources I say say she's a princess in Mexico City. I don't know if that's necessarily like... I don't know
1: enough about <laughs> Mexican history to dispute that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <her. laughs>
0: okay, uh, she falls in love with a nobleman named uh, Don Nuno, Uh, And they have two kids together, and this is over the course of a few years, and they've exchanged gifts, as partners often do. So one of these gifts from Nuno to Luisa is this sacrificial dagger, and he also promises to marry her, but goes back on his word and marries someone else. And Luisa visits Nuno on the wedding night, and she's like, are you sure you want to marry someone else and not me? Nuno's like, I'm sure. She's like, okay then. Since this is an auditory medium, folks did not see we both we did just, the dagger motion
1: at the same time. <laughs> we did not plan this out. We just both knew yes. where this was going. <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, I can see the script and I did the research so I know, but like also,
1: yeah. There's it's just kind of. Yeah. You so, give a girl a sacrificial dagger. dagger, what is she supposed to do with it? It's
0: just child sacrifice, obviously. <laughs> I bring out bad influence in you. <laughs> Because this is La Llorona, we know where this is going. She goes home, she kills the kids with a sacrificial dagger. And so she was found guilty of sorcery and hanged, and apparently still haunts the area that is now Mexico City um, and wearing white and crying out for her children and also for this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the other cool thing, the sacrificial dagger narrative um, is also connected to the goddess uh, Siwa Coatl. Um, mm-hmm. and so according to, uh, Mahika myth, uh, and Quetzalcoatl created humans by mixing their blood, uh, blood with ground up bones. And, uh, is apparently an earth goddess, but also for fertility and childbirth. Um, and so... That's the connection. <laughs> yeah. Well, it gets...
1: More connected. More connections.
0: <laughs> so, in imagery uh, for Ciel there are two depictions that I've seen. Uh, one is that she has a skeletal fa- skeleton face, and she's carrying a spear uh, and a spear, a, a spear <laughs> and a shield. Okay. Um, and so she's connected with the spirits of those who die in childbirth, and those are called uh, Sihua-Tateo. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right me neither <laughs> <laughs> comment
1: below if uh you have gentle corrections or send an email during podcast at com. see the problem with um the indigenous languages in spanish is that there's really no crossover <laughs> yeah. different like alphabet and everything yeah. yeah
0: um and it's interesting uh just sort of the linguistics part of my brain is like there's um the auto suffix mm-hmm. is uh often used for deities so it's like Cutsquaddle, Siwa Huaddle. Yeah. Um Siwa Quaddle, rather. Um, and then uh, their Sihua it means snake, and so the other one of the depictions is she has a snake skirt. But anyway, so the spirits who die in uh, childbirth they are depicted in the same skeletal style because dying in childbirth is like into dying in battle.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. But, uh, the philosophy being that the, uh, spirit of the infant is sent down by the gods at the time of childbirth. And you have to like literally go to battle with the gods in order to, uh, keep the child on earth. If the parent dies in the process, then... Well, they fought valiantly against the deities yeah. and they deserved to be buried with honor. Kind of like a Valhalla type. Valhalla, yeah, or like Spartans had a yeah. similar concept for childbirth as well. Um, and if the parent wins, uh, they get to keep the baby and also their life. Other fun fact that I didn't know where else to put, um, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, if you die in childbirth, sometimes body parts were removed from the dead parent's body because they were believed to carry special powers in battle. Because like... Well, if they brushed yeah. with the gods, then no, something's bound sense. to run off. <laughs> um, so the other depiction of Seal um is that she's wearing white and carrying a cradle <gasps> on her shoulders. Oh. And <laughs> when she puts the cradle down, there is a sacrificial dagger, or a saf- mm. sacrificial knife, shaped arrowhead inside so it's not actually like a child so this part of her mythos is connected to her own child mishka um and he's the god of the hunt and identified with the milky way and also with several stars because she left her son at the crossroads to die of exposure she still returns to see if he's ever come back and all she sees there is the sacrificial knife
1: wow. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. okay so basically all connecting somehow all connecting yep yeah.
0: And it's this interesting sort of way that localization rubs off onto mm-hmm. everything. Like, there's this one myth indigenous to this area, and yeah. so there's a the rollover when something else happens. And you have some notes. Well, were about yeah. I mean, no.
1: So the... I really like this. I had never heard of the sacrificial dagger concept before. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had heard about the, like... He didn't want children or... So, the version that I grew up hearing was she drowned his children as an act of revenge because he ran off with another woman. Oh, so he and goes so to Spain or like,
0: wherever and he has the kids with this other person. and No, she it's drowned. her
1: kids. Okay. But in that, you know, psychosis, yeah. she's thinking, I'm going to take away something he loves oh. and therefore drowns her children. Oh. But immediately regrets it, and you know...
0: Because, oh my god, I also
1: love these things. <laughs> yes, because I killed my own children, so then she, trigger warning, it's her suicide, but she yeah. tries to kill, or she does, because she killing not herself, but when she goes, and this is obviously the Christian element, when she goes to heaven, they, the God tells her, well no, because you killed your children, <laughs> so you have to go find their souls, and so she is forced to wander yeah. the earth-looking for her lost children oh. and crying because she's trying to find them. So she's calling out to her children oh. um, and also crying because of the guilt that she feels yeah. for what she did. And child death. And child death. So she, if you're a child who grew up with this story mm-hmm. and you're near a creek or something mm-hmm. and you hear somebody crying then your the immediate runaway. first thought is, I don't want to get kidnapped <laughs> <and> <laughs> or drowned. That makes sense. So you run home. Yeah. My dad said that there was actually a creek near his house. And um, so no matter what they heard, it could have been just any person. It could have been an animal. Yeah. It could have been just the wind. But if they would hear anything <laughs> that sounded suspicious, they would immediately like, run home. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, you like, know, we're not, don't risk we're it. We're not going to. I do have one element yeah. Uh, I wrote it down. Mm. Well, because I interviewed both my mom and my dad. Okay. And disclaimer, Mm. I grew up... My parents are from a very small town in the state of Michoacan, Mexico. So this is obviously regional stuff. Uh,
0: Where is
1: Michoacan in the geography of Mexico? It's more south. She... My mom said that she had actually heard that um, La Llorona not only takes children and drowns them, (laughs) But a lot of people in Mexico, if they hear her, it's because you didn't take good care of your children. Oh, damn! So it could also be so if you Towards the up, parents, yeah.
0: Would it be if you're like so? Like you mentioned being there when you were 13. So if it's like, would if oh, your mom hear yeah. it heard it while you were there when you were 13, would that it's, still count? Or like,
1: yeah, I guess it's more like if you don't take good care of your children, she will haunt you. There's a version where she doesn't kill you, she just haunts you as, like, a punishment for not taking care of your children. And then there's also the version that's more well-known where she steals children or takes them away. Yeah. Um, Because is this my child kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And I even asked my dad, who's from the same town, and he had not heard that. Huh. So I wonder if there's also, like family, folklore. Yeah.
0: Well, and I wonder as well, I wonder if there's a gender element to that because, like, I was socialized female, obviously, and so there was certain things that my mom insisted on me knowing that my brother didn't necessarily mm. have to, and so if there's a gender element of whichever the gender is going to be the assumed primary parents, like, you're gonna hear more about these kinds of things, um, than the other ones might. That's fair too.
1: <laughs> just like a curious thought, totally spitballing, did not do any <laughs> uh,
0: additional research on that. And I
1: sadly, I do not have any first-hand accounts of La Llorona. Okay. My dad did mention that anyone who saw her, did. she was basically just like, she looked like a normal woman. Mm-hmm. She had white a white gown, mm-hmm. messy hair, mm-hmm. but wasn't necessarily more scary I know that there's yeah. a movie now. Yeah. I uh, have not seen the movie, but <laughs> I it's definitely marketed as a horror movie. And yeah. so it has
0: that sort of, like, I think it has kind of that ring element where it's like, let's just bum off Samara for, in this Unreal concept kind yeah. of thing for her.
1: I've noticed that, not to say that La Llorona is not terrifying, Yeah, but I think um, when something is taken, given to American audiences, yeah. it's definitely more traditionally horrified, horrorf- yeah. Well,
0: if it, it's just sort of taken out of culture, right? Yeah. Like apparently, um, early Romans thought the newly converted Christians were uh, incestuous cannibals <laughs> because they call each other brother and sister, sister, and they they're eating the body of Christ. Yeah. So it's just like if you take it out of context, its, out of context, and out of its. Out of its cultural context, then it's like, what on earth is are you doing? What the fuck? But um, if you keep it in a cultural context, it's sort of like, okay, well, there's this philosophy that you're all the family and you partake in these and this and this and that. Yeah. A certain level of... There's a certain tier, certain ritual that an outsider might be like, what on earth? But like, when you observe the development, it's like, yeah. that makes sense.
1: Also... I just looked at my notes again, and I wrote down this little thing that was a little creepy that I thought was kind of cool. Go for it. When, in the context of La Llorona, my dad said that there was like, um, he calls it, he said it's in the Oroyo, which he described it as basically like a man-made creek that was near his house. Okay. He said sometimes when it rained, the water would run through the town. Huh. Like it would get (laughs) flooded? Like it would get a little flooded. Yeah. Which... If your town is flooded and then you hear the cries of a woman at night. Oh, no. (laughs) Now, wouldn't that be terrifying? Nowhere (laughs) is (laughs) safe.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, nowhere is safe. You're not going to do any well. (laughs) (laughs) So really, where are you safe? (laughs) Nowhere, apparently.
1: (laughs) Anything else on your notes? You know what? Not really, other than the fact that she was usually meant as a kind of a way to scare children. Yeah. So
0: it (laughs) seems like it's more of a child warning than, like, what is uh,
1: contextually a fully malevolent spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Or also, you know, a drunk man warning. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, maybe just hang out at... Yeah. dreams (laughs)
0: don't go near moving water at night and uh don't wander the streets drunk alone you know general life
1: advice (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) learn to swim and handle your alcohol (laughs) and maybe make some friends i don't know (laughs) all right Um, Well, if we have nothing else, if you would like to get in touch with the show, uh, send an email at drearymidnightpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at drearymidnightpod. If you'd like to support the show, uh, patreon.com slash drearymidnight. Uh, Would you like anyone to follow you on the internet anyplace? I guess
1: you could find me anywhere at Celestial Tees. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I don't necessarily do spooky things.
0: Yeah, but but you have your art page as well. I do have art. Uh, So I'll put Lust's Instagram down in the description as well. Stay away from moving water and also being drunk alone. (laughs) Safe travels home on this dreary midnight. Good night.
1: Good night.